0: Hello and welcome to episode thirty-one of Uto Be a podcast, our Huddersfield Town podcast. I'm your host Rory Benson, and joining me today is Mel Boo, the sport editor at the Huddersfield Examiner. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, it's been a bit of a while since we uh, last did one of these. Um, it's been a hectic sort of festive period, as we've seen on the pitch as well as as well as off it. Um, but we're back now after the sabbatical, uh, and aiming for at least uh, sort of one podcast a week. And if we can, we'll try and get two up as well. Um, just to mention beer 52 our sponsors for the podcast. Um, if you go on to beer 52 uh, and type in the code Huddersfield uh, as you check out, you can get a 25 pound crate of beer for 595 or something like that. Uh, so well worth it um, and we'll dive straight in. Uh, we haven't really spoken about any of town's matches since I think Chelsea. Um, so after that game they went unbeaten in four kicked it off with a with a fantastic win away at Watford and only the the second win of the season. Um how did you do you think they played there Mel and do you think maybe we can try and expect to see some more away victories from now on?
1: Yeah, I mean I think that it was obviously a great result first of all. Everyone sort of, you know, when they, they if they weren't at the game they were sort of pricking their ears up thinking wow, what's happened there, you know. So t- a terrific performance from Town and I think it highlighted to a lot of people that they really want to see town being more proactive away from home and actually having a go. I think they'd they'd rather see them if they're going to lose, they'd rather see them lose having a go um, rather than setting out maybe for a nil-nil or a, you know a, a draw of some sort and you know then getting beaten. So mm-hmm. I think that's the general philosophy of the town fans. I think that the the feeling is that. We've got a great home record, so make the most of that. But then anything you can pick up away from home, obviously, is a big bonus. And if it's a win, like it was down at Watford, then that's a fantastic bonus for you, and it really does make a difference in the table. And those away points are are, going to be very, you know, very, very valuable at the end of the day. I think that was the point that David Wagner made after the Southampton game, Um, that, you know, you really... You look at that and you think that's that's a good point mm-hmm. at the end of the day and it might be the point that keeps you up, you just don't know. Um, so I think that people really, generally, the impression I've got from fans... Over the holiday period is and, and and before that to be fair, is that they really want Town to have a go away from home. They'd rather see them go down in a blaze of glory than go down trying to eke out a nil nil or something like that. Do
0: you think David Wagner then maybe targeted the Watford game beforehand as one that he could see the, the Terriers getting three points in? Um, I know. I guess the attacking impetus away from home hasn't really been there for most of the season. Um, especially from the way they started against Crystal Palace it looked like they, they went out, they attacked it and they got three points whereas probably the only time since that we've seen it would, would be the Watford game
1: Yeah, mate, maybe so um, I mean, it, you don't get that impression from Wagner I have to say, you get the impression that he sets out in every game with a plan, with, a, with a, 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 an actual objective to get three points uh, whichever way he sets up, and with, with whichever personnel he uses, he he, he t- always tells you he will use the personnel he thinks are best place to get a result in that game, the ones who have been showing up in in, uh, in training, uh, and you know the ones he feels can deliver against certain opposition. So I think it would be unfair to say he would target the Watford game particularly, but I think he basically. Targets every game and feels that town should take something, um, even even on the travels. But you, you, know, you go to you look at the Leicester the Leicester match, and while the first half was, you know, pretty decent performance, and they had a couple of chances. Danny Williams, um, you know, maybe uh, ought to have done done better than he did, but then. Once Leicester scored, and it was a fantastic goal from Maris, you have to say, to give them the lead. You didn't get the impression in that game that Town were going to come back, um, which is a shame, really, because you know they've 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 got that little unbeaten run going, and it would have been nice to uh, to have at least kept it together down at Leicester. And if they could have held on for a bit longer, maybe the Leicester fans would have become more. Um, you know sort of um, frustrated um, but really town didn't create anything and that's the that's the thing they didn't create against Burnley at home either so you know you just look at that and you think uh, that, that Burnley draw was perhaps a fortunate draw because Burnley really mm-hmm. had all the chances yeah. when you think about it the real chances to win the game fell to Burnley so you, you take that and you think Fair enough. We've we, we've got a point there, and uh, it, it's a good point. Um, but against Stoke, the reverse, you know, Stoke was a one-one draw, and really, Town ought to have won it. So it's a little bit of swings and roundabouts. But to, those wins are really, really vital, and that's where the Watford result was so important to Town going into the Christmas period.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One one player in particular who has been sensational for Town really over that festive period is Laurent de Poitras scored three goals in three games um, is he now Town's number one striker for you? I would say so yeah because he's delivering for the team um, more so
1: perhaps than, than Steve Mounier is at the moment now I'm not decrying Steve Mounier because the lad's obviously got a lot of talent um, and he's, he's scored some cracking goals so far this season Um I think it's, a, it's more so in terms of match craft really. De Poitre is the older more seasoned professional player. Mounier still despite you know the value that's on his head and despite the fact he's a Premier League player, he's still learning his trade compared with De Poitre and I think that is showing at the moment, and I think that's where de Patra scores over Mounier, is that bit of matchcraft, that little bit of extra know-how, that bit of experience, um, whereby he can bring other players into the play more so as well. I think both of them have suffered as well, and we've discussed this many times, both of them have suffered really with a lack of quality service. Um, so de Patra's little bit of edge in match know-how, I think, is 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 proving more beneficial to the team um, and that's where that's where he sort of has the edge at the moment I think but both of them really have not benefited from any sort of real decent service um, and that's a shame because Town have got the full backs and the wide men who can do it, it they're just not delivering unfortunately so uh, the two front men have suffered because of that whichever one of them has played
0: yeah. You mentioned about De Poitras experience over Mounier do you think He's a good person for Meunier to be able to to learn off then because they are kind of similar in stature and, you know, Meunier can play that, that role. He might just need to learn it off someone like de Poitras first.
1: Yeah, I mean, Meunier has, has said that. He feels that they are the same profile, I think, was the phrase that he used, which is, you know, is, is fine. There's no real argument with that. But they... and And he's also said they are really good friends. They get on well together. So I think... Um, he would he definitely ought to be learning from London de Poitras. Um and you know I, I think that there's enough experience around the squad down there both on the coaching side and in the playing squad to point him in the right direction and say you know just look at what this guy does just look at the runs he makes. Look at that when he makes himself available, uh, and just how he interlinks with everyone, and just learn what you can. See if you can replicate some of that because Mounier's definitely got quality. Um, there's no doubt about that. And uh, you know, in, for Town in the first season in in the Premier League, I think uh, you know he could yet prove to be a very very useful acquisition.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we've sort of touched on the on the the good part of Town's Town's uh, sort of festive period. Then Leicester was a bit sort of crashing down to earth a little bit. Do you think maybe it was the the schedule sort of catching up with Town?
1: Well, that's that has been levelled, but obviously it's the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's I don't think the Leicester performance was as poor as the scoreline suggests, even though Town's chances to score were limited. Um, I don't think the performance overall was was as bad as the scoreline might suggest. So, it was maybe yeah hard work, quick turnaround after the Burnley match as well, very quick turnaround. But it was the same for everyone else. So you can't really use that as a as a reason for it happening. I'm not going to say an excuse, but as a reason for it happening, it's not the first town time time town have been turned over away from home this season either so you know you, you you just look at it and think well um you know maybe that really was down to who got the heads up of the first goal yeah. um, and it, you know it seemed to be pretty level before that but then once Leicester got the noses in front town started to open up a bit just trying to chase it a little bit uh, and got picked off. And that's going to happen in the Premier League. You know, if you end up chasing a game, you, you, you really are going to get picked off because these are quality teams that you're coming up against week in and week out. There's no, you know, there's no um, sort of slack periods like you would you used to get in, in the lower divisions and maybe even in the Championship. So I think that um, this little break now with Bolton coming up in the Cup really could serve town well. Um, because it does give David Wagner a chance to arrest one or two people if he wishes to do so.
0: Absolutely, and I think the January transfer window as well has come at a decent time for town. They obviously don't have the biggest squad in the Premier League. It gives them an option to bring in more players and be able to rotate a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, the first person that's joined is uh, Terence Congolo from AS Monaco on loan. Uh, we met him for the first time today in the press conference. What did you make of him as a person?
1: Yeah, it seemed a, a decent sort of lad. He answered the questions very straightforwardly, um, made it clear he doesn't watch a lot of football. It's, it seems that he's a basketball fan, but um, the, you know, I, I thought he uh, he handled himself very well, and he gave a, a little personal message through the examiner to the town fans, saying he'll he'll give everything, and he was batting the badge, and you know, he's he's obviously keen to come and make an impression which is a good thing. I think the other good thing from Towns point of view is he's great cover to have there for the rest of the season mm-hmm. should anything happen to Zanka or Schindler. And I think you've got to have that extra body there because if you know if one of them gets suspended for three games or gets injured for a spell, um, you know, and we've we've seen it with Kachunga who's unfortunately out for at least the next couple of months. You know, you, If you get an injury like that, you really have to have some good cover there. And while you've got the likes of Michael Haefeler coming back, which was which is a nice bonus and everybody loves him and great to see him back, and Martin Craney, who can deputise there, this kid has clearly, as I call him kid, 23 years old, this this guy has clearly got some quality. He's playing for the team who are second in the French League at the moment. Um, and I think the good thing from town is... He played only uh, as recently as December the twentieth, so he's in form, he's fit, he's keen and ready to go against Bolton this weekend. When we, you know, we really would expect to see him, but he's played four times in December. He's played six times all season, but four of those have been in December. So he is up to speed. So hopefully he can go straight in uh, and and make an impact um, uh, for for the first team. Um, presumably in the cup tie over at Bolton on Saturday.
0: Oh, yeah, obviously we'll see more of him at the, the Macron Stadium on Saturday. Do you think he's going to be that sort of player who will be pushing Schindler and Zanka for the starting berth, or do you think as a 23-year-old, maybe he needs to learn off them a little bit and sort of take his minutes as they come through suspensions and injuries and that sort of thing?
1: I think he'll provide a really good option. He's left-sided, so I think he'll provide a really good option for David Wagner, to be honest, because... If he does feel that he needs to take either one of those players out of the picture for whatever reason, then he can do it. And this, this guy, you know, I mean, he had only limited minutes in the World Cup, but he's played in a World Cup. He'd made a World Cup squad um, for, for the Netherlands. Um, as as we say, he earned a, a 50, £13 million move to AS Monaco from Feyenoord, where he was a league winner in Holland. So the pedigree is really good. And you know, town obviously looked at him before and couldn't get him because he was making this move um, to Monaco. So he's one who's been on the radar for town, and they've clearly looked into everything about him. Um, they'll have scouted him and how well he's done over in France. And I think, you know, to get someone in. Uh, of that profile so early in the transfer mm-hmm. window is a really good thing for town and it then gives them the option to focus on other areas where they feel they may yeah. need to strengthen
0: it also gives them leeway because i think christopher schindler and, and zanka they've missed one game in be- between them this season and that was schindler's suspension after the red card at west brom so it does take the pressure off quite a lot um especially for league games as well as cup games and that kind of thing um more news from the transfer window is that Casey Palmer's returned to Chelsea. Um, the League Champions recalled him uh, last night, um, and that was confirmed by Town today. It's a bit of a shame to see him go, really, because he he promised so much, but he's been sort of blighted by injuries in his time at Town.
1: Yes, that's right. I mean, he's he's the one who has really shown some sparkle in that number ten role. You know, when he's when he's been playing well, um, and he's 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 clearly got that ability to break in and help the striker and and get into space and score score a goal, take a chance himself, Um, and he's shown it for the England Under-21s as well, so um, I think it is a real shame that he's not been able to hit the levels that he did at points last season. Obviously, missed the end of last season from February, early February mm-hmm. onwards, and didn't return until the playoff final. Yeah, so. so, you know, um, he, he had a long spell out then, and then to be hit with another spell on the sidelines this season has clearly hampered his progress. Um, and if if he hasn't, and it, we've seen it with other players as well, if David Wagner feels they are not hitting the levels that he needs them to, he won't pick them, um, and. People like, obviously, the one who's there at the moment is Joe Lolly, who's come through and has been, um, we're told, playing really well in training and being looked a lively, you know, spark on on the pitch, training pitch and in the matches when he's come on and uh, and had a chance. He's he's come in and basically overtaken Palmer in the in the picking order. So I think the other key thing about it is, you know, but that. You know, Chelsea have, have called him back because presumably he's not getting any game minutes. Um, but I think it's that, again, opens up another avenue for mm. town. They really do need a number 10. Um, and I think that that will now be probably the top priority in the rest of this window, if they can get a number 10 in. Um, personally, I think they might also look at maybe a wing situation as well, maybe get another winger in. I think those would be the two that they possibly would look at. That's in addition to anything else they might do, maybe with Lossell on the goalkeeping front to get that firmed up as well. So um, my thoughts would be number 10 and a winger um, would be the upshot of Casey Palmer going back. But I think it's, it's also a telling fact because people read into these things and think there have been fallouts and all this carry on behind the scenes. But I think it's telling that David Wagner has come out quite forcefully really and said you know, this is a good kid, this is a, a, a dedicated professional, someone who's good to have around the place um, and, you know, he just, because of the injuries, setbacks that he's had, he hasn't been able to hit the levels which are necessary in the Premier League, week in, week out. Chris Lerver hinted at the same thing after the Leicester match, that he realises that training once a week and then trying to go into a Premier League game is no good. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. You need to be at a certain level. And obviously, Casey Palmer's not been able to reach that level. It's nothing to do with his his attitude, his ability or anything like that. It's purely a fact that physically he just hasn't been able to get to that level at this point. And obviously, with him returning to Chelsea, it does give town... Um, the chance to maybe bring in someone, whether it's on loan or as a permanent, to bring in someone there, Uh, even though they've obviously got Hamid Sabiri, um, who's there, again, as a longer-term project, you imagine. So, uh, you know, there are players around the squad who can play that position, but I would not be surprised if Town, right at this moment, have got that number 10 right at the top of their list for the transfer window. Mm
0: -hmm. I think think it's interesting that you mentioned Palmer's Palmer's attitude because he seemed to be despite only being on loan and not being a permanent signing he really seemed to get the the Terrier identity the mantra that David Wagner has has brought in Um, and I think he will hold a special place in in quite a lot of town fans hearts for the the role that he played last season especially um, in that promotion push obviously they brought in Izzy Brown who kind of took his place when he was sidelined but I think it it is important to mention about how important he was Probably not just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well, um, and and helping Izzy Brown bed into that team last season.
1: Yeah, in, indeed. I, I think that town fans will uh, think on him extremely fondly. Um, you know, because he was part of the promotion-winning side, um, and you know those teams are very very popular naturally. But um, I think his contribution was very good for the team, and I think it could have been this season as well. Um, even at Premier League level uh, because I think the lad has got that little bit of spark and that little bit of talent um, that's perhaps above the norm, the thing he's got to wrestle with is the injury layoffs Mm. Um, and, and his, his fitness to play at the Premier League you know, for a sustained length of time. Um, that's probably the thing he needs to get to grips with as he goes back. I don't think it's a, it's a question of ability or attitude at all with Casey Palmer. I think he's spot on. I think it's purely the fact that he's suffered a couple of you know sort of quite serious injury layoffs um, and those haven't helped him. Um, but I think you know he seems he, he's always seemed to have been popular around the town squad um, and you know bought into that that ethos that Wagner has bought into the you know celebrating with the fans after the games and all that sort of thing and I think he's really enjoyed that but I think he's a you know a very good young level-headed lad who hopefully will have a very successful professional career
0: mm-hmm. um one thing you touched on uh, talking about Palmer uh, is Town's need for a number 10 and a winger and also the space that that leaves because Town can now bring in another Premier League loaner I think they've now got their two slots back with Palm going back do you can you expect them to bring in a number 10 or a winger from on loan from a Premier League club or do you think they'll go abroad like they have done in the past
1: my gut feeling would be that we can expect something from abroad uh, more so than, dom- than the domestic market that would be my gut feeling Um Purely because obviously David Wagner, who let's face it is at the forefront of this recruitment at the moment yep. because you know there is no yeah, director David of Mosler, football there yeah. the David Moss has has uh, gone so he's he's fronting these things up and he'll have his own specific ideas about what town need and I think he will may well have one two maybe even three options um in the foreign market who he can go for. Um and I think uh he will he will direct that, I'm sure. Uh and I so I would look more so abroad than at home. Um and I think that it, it came out very clearly that David is at the forefront of, of all this business because obviously he'll get help from Julian Winter and the people behind the scenes and, and Dean will obviously give his, his, his say so as necessary. But I think that David made it quite clear that no one was going to leave this squad unless he felt it was the right thing. So everyone is here for the duration unless he decides that they can in fact let someone go. So um, I think that that goes for the signings as well. I think he will have very specific ideas. He's made it clear that him and Dean Hoyle are on the same page with that uh, of who they the targets are and who they may try to bring in now whether those are on loan at the moment or whether they can make a permanent deal um you know you you look at the ones that they've already got in on loan so you think maybe another loan might be the way to go uh, but if there's a you know there is a candidate there who they can pinch from someone at decent european level then you know i would not be surprised either if they shelled out some more money and did that
0: mm-hmm. one interesting point that i guess comes from from David Moss leaving and, and David Wagner having control over the transfers is whether they will try and find a replacement for David Moss or whether David Wagner will, I guess, move into a more traditional managerial role and oversee the whole football club. Obviously, the club haven't made an announcement about that so far, so it's all speculation. Hmm. But would you would you expect that or would you think that they would try and find someone to fill that role as they did when, when Stuart Webber left?
1: Well, they, they are... Um, we're led to believe that you know these talks are ongoing, and there are people have you know been spoken to about mm-hmm. about the position, um, how it's viewed from outside. We're not really sure. Obviously, the the academy element has been taken out of the yeah. whole thing. So that's now, you know, we've had the announcement of the new academy, academy manager in Lee Brombey, Uh and the fact that, you know, the former captain Mark Hudson is going to work with the under 23s and create that bridge to the first team. Um, which I think is, is is a great idea. Let's face it, Mark Hudson's been there and done it. He's lived that first team environment, and mm-hmm. who better to have there and understand what players are going through and what their feelings are and and everything about being introduced to that first team setup than Mark Hudson? You know, there the, the really couldn't be anybody anybody better. Um, so I think that that's a nice niche for Mark Hudson going forward. He's extremely popular among the squad and the staff down at the football club so I think that's a, a very sort of astute move um, uh, we, you know with Lee Bromby sort of having a broader brush um, to sort of work with so I think that's that's quite a good thing as for the, uh, the, the big general director of football role I think they're very relaxed at the moment with how things are with having David there even though there's the pressure of playing regularly at Premier League level and all the preparation that goes into that um and you know the, the the um the sort of working with the squad on a on a daily basis everything that he puts into that i think they're quite relaxed about the fact that he's a very cute character when it comes to the transfer market and knowing who's available and who they might be able to to capture uh, from various points you know north south east and west across mm-hmm. europe so um I think they're very relaxed about it at the moment, so if there isn't an immediate appointment... And David made this clear before the transfer window that he expected to be going into the transfer window doing his own work, as it were, and didn't even feel that if an appointment was made now, it would be a help, because they'd be coming in and trying to fathom all the various intricacies of what was going on. So I took it from that that it was going to be maybe a longer-term project, if if in fact... They can find the right
0: person Um, Moving on We've got Bolton this weekend in the FA Cup Uh, Gives David Wagner a chance to rotate I guess and and give some of his players A bit of a break Uh, Because I think uh, the likes of Schindler, Zanka and Aaron Moy As well have played more or less all the games Over the Christmas period What sort of team do you think we can expect Will it be a weakened team, will he bring some of the youngsters in um, what, what do you expect at the Macron Stadium?
1: I think it's pretty certain that he'll make a lot of changes. I mean, he did it last season. Let's face it. In you know, with and with the eye now on make, trying to make a, create a strong finish in the in the Premier League, I don't expect David Wagner to do anything different. Um, I think. You know Joel Coleman or Rob Green will be in goal. Um, I think Hadjeroni will play, and then he's got he can he could play Congolo either at centre back or at left back, um, and he could also play Martin Crane either at centre back or left back. So I think both of those two will play. It's just a matter of where. Maybe Michael Heffler will come in, um, having you know been on the bench. So you know as, as long as he doesn't suffer any setbacks in training. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Michael Heffler in there either, when it comes to the midfield, maybe we will see some youngsters but it depends how many he feels he needs to rest, obviously you can pack the bench with your star players and hope that you don't have to use them but uh, I think Dean Whitehead quite possibly could lead the side maybe um, maybe young Regan Boote might get a chance, maybe Sabiri might come back into the to the reckoning if he's done enough in training during this week. And that's the thing that we're not going to be able to gauge. Um, so maybe Sabiri. Um, Lolly you would expect to get a chance out wide Kwana with not being involved at Leicester probably will do the other wide slot. And then you've got your front man to choose, probably Steve Mooney again with De Poitre on the bench I would guess. But it's not, you know, it's not going to be an easy an easy run particularly for town he's also of course recalled Jordan Williams um, from Buray and Rekiel Pike from Port Vale so they could come back in and maybe go straight into the side um, you know they haven't played in, in recent weeks um, for either of, of, of those clubs but maybe they could, they could get a chance either um, having been recalled um, and then obviously it's probably going to come a bit too early for Phil Billing or John Gorek stankovic who are the two um you know we, we're expecting back hopefully at some stage this month uh, which would leave only sort of Elias Kachunga looking for a bit of fitness but I would expect there to be quite a few changes um, against Bolton even though Bolton really they've won three of the last four mm-hmm. uh, and you know when you look at the scalps which you know the whole Sheffield United and Cardiff. Those are significant results, so they are finding a bit of something yeah. from somewhere. Um, having struggled earlier in the season, so you know they're on a bit of an up, they're going to look forward to taking on a Premier League side at home in the, the you know the glamour round of the FA Cup, as it were, and they're going to want to take a scalp. So, um, you know, I do expect to see changes for town because when you look at it after that, the next two matches in the Premier League, you've got West Ham at home and you've got Stoke away. And when we talk about targeting points, mm-hmm. maybe you've got to talk about points. I think the the thing for town is they've really got to make the most of the chances that they get in these upcoming matches. They may well have more chances against Bolton. Um which, you know, when you look at the eighteen goals for in the Premier League, it's the fourth worst I think. Um, with with Brighton, who just, have just scored one goal fewer, and then you're looking at the bottom two, West Brom and Swansea. So those are the those are the only ones who've scored fewer goals than Town. So a chance to get some goals against Bolton would be a good thing, but I don't I don't expect it to be easy. But then, really, against West Ham and Stoke, you want Town to be picking up points. You don't want that gap to the bottom three closing any more than the four points that it is at the moment it's closed this week, we don't want it to get any closer, we want it to be extended again, uh, and after that of course you've got Liverpool and Man United on the horizon before again another brace of matches where you think you might be able to pick up points Bournemouth at home and West Brom away, so you know the, the, it's a, they're all vital matches but these are, this is a vital spell coming up for town and it's another reason why I think that David Wagner will definitely rotate in the FA Cup
0: do you think then he, he might? Obviously, no one wants to go out of the cup, but do you think you know a cup run might be a bit of a, an unwelcome distraction if they do get past Bolton, and then you know it might be another a long away day late in January, and then you know the fatigue starts to set in again a bit. There, do you think maybe it's one of the best things for town? At least, don't go to a replay. But if you lose to Bolton, probably a loss maybe better than a than a draw. Yeah, I,
1: I don't think. That, I think the last thing that Town would want would be a replay. That's for sure. I, I think they would they would welcome at least another round in the cup. I don't think that would be a problem at all. Um, you know that, and and if the draw is County, you can obviously end up getting mm. very excited about it. Um, at the moment i think the real priority for town is points on the board in the premier league no one will worry about what's happened in the fa cup if town you know have got enough points on the board by the time they come to that really tough running of those last four matches i think everyone will be utterly delighted because it really is all about staying up in the premier league Um, no one really expects us to win the fa cup whatever happens although you can get a good draw right through to the to the latter stages but um, yeah I I, I think for David Wagner the FA Cup although you know he respects the competition and he knows the history of it I think that at the moment it's more important for him to get match game time for the players who've not been involved than it really is to create a run in the competition but the last thing they want is a replay that's for sure Mm.
0: Just as a, a smaller side, Aaron Moy obviously used to play for for Bolton Wanderers when he was a lot younger. I think he moved from Australia over to play for Bolton. Mm. Do you think that'll make him want to play a little bit, or do you think he'll uh, accept a rest? With uh... I think he'll be happy to put his feet up. <laughs> to be quite honest,
1: I don't think uh, I don't think his connection to to Bolton uh, is particularly strong. Uh, I hope I'm not doing anyone there a disservice, but. Um, yeah, I don't think Aaron will be uh, bothered whatsoever if he's not on the team sheet at uh, the weekend. Uh, although, as you say, he did rightly arrive here to uh, to try his look at Bolton, and it didn't work out, and he ended up going up to Scotland, and then you know things have turned around from there. So, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I don't think we'll see Aaron Moy at all, to be quite honest, um, at the weekend he might be on the bench just in case things you know went disastrously wrong or they felt that they needed him there he might well be on the bench but um yeah a strong bench i wouldn't be too surprised to see but i wouldn't expect him to be anywhere near the starting line
0: mm-hmm. Okay that's that's uh, all from episode 31 of Who's to Be a Podcast. Uh, again apologies for for this taking so long this episode. Um but we'll get back on track now and and produce one to two episodes a week like I said before. Uh thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Ben jij prijsbewust? Nu extra MB's by mind Sim Only for 12,50 per maand. Onbeperkte minuten of sms'jes and 3500 MB 4G internet tijdens de Ben prijsbewust weken. Kijk op ben.nl.